Our scripture reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Then one from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will these things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Ever since sixth grade, I had wanted to do something, and I worked and worked and worked at it. It was an accomplishment that I hoped to finally get down in life and, and maintain and be able to do in life. And I worked at it all the way through high school, got here to Bethany for college, and I really focused on trying to be able to accomplish this. And I finally did it. My sophomore year of college, I dunked a ball. And it was a volleyball. And it was a deflated volleyball, but I dunked a ball. Never been able to do it since. It's interesting, whenever we have success at something, uh, especially something that you've maybe worked hard at or something you've really tried to do and accomplish, when we feel a sense of success, there's, there's a, a really rush of satisfaction that we can get from that. And it's true not only in sports or athletics, it can be true in the development of a talent like music or abilities in art. It can, be, uh, it can be with things with our workplace and with our jobs and our occupations. It can even be with parenting. It can even be with things with, uh, that have to do with our families and so on. Anytime that we feel we can put work into something and try to accomplish something, and then if we experience some form of success from that, uh, it's very easy to, to feel a great sense of satisfaction about it. And sometimes when we succeed at something, it can help to propel us and advance us in maybe an occupation or maybe other aspects of life that might benefit us greatly financially, likewise. So we live in a world where we are often rewarded uh, for hard work and for dedication to things that we do and, and so on. And experiencing success and experiencing that sense of accomplishment or satisfaction in something that is a God-pleasing endeavor, that's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. But our Lord is warning us, too, that it can bring a very dangerous spiritual temptation for us as well. And the text in front of us is a great example of this. 
This man, we don't really know much about him. It's possible he was a, a real individual. It's possible this wasn't just a made-up story that, that Jesus is using. But this man has been blessed by God with some tremendous accomplishments in his life, and particularly at his farm. And the problem really is not his success. It's not the fact that his business is going well. It's not the fact that he now has to build bigger and bigger barns to store all of his crops. It's not even the fact that he can now take life easy. Uh, all of this uh, due to the success that he's been given. All of that's fine. None of that is by itself sinful or wrong. But the problem is, the drawback for him is, that his earthly success now begins to control his heart. And it alters his way of looking at life and it alters his priorities. He's allowed all of this success to create a poverty inside of him toward God. A poverty in him toward his spiritual life and toward his relationship with his Savior. When you and I grow in our hunger for the things of this world, whatever that may be, whatever part of our life that may happen in, when we hunger for that, it, it creates a lack of appetite for the things in the kingdom of God. And if you're honest with yourself, we realize that this is, this is what happens with us. And it happens to all of us in different ways. Uh, even those of us who've been blessed to know Christ as our Savior and trust in his word and have made going to church a regular part of our, our lives and it's just a natural part of us, we can still find this to be true. As Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. That means anything in this world that can replace God. Okay? And if you're honest with yourself, any time that your focus and attention starts to become something you can do in this life or some success you can have or wealth or whatever it might be, Whenever that starts to take hold of your heart, it's not as though you can be chasing both that and heaven. You start to diminish in the realm of your spiritual life. King Solomon is a, a prime example of this in the Old Testament. The son of David, at the height of Israel's prominence in world history at the time. And uh, he prayed to God for wisdom. We're told about King Solomon, that Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David. But not too many chapters later, we start to hear about his downfall. The Lord blesses him with tremendous wealth and prestige. And through that, he begins to draw many women to himself. And through these women, they start to lead his heart away from God. And we're told, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God. So even, even to those who are great examples to us in certain virtuous ways in the Bible, even there we can see this problem affecting them. And it, it can sneak up on even the strongest Christians. St. Paul talks about in the early church, some members of churches he was serving, that some have already wandered from the faith because they're being attracted to the wealth of the world. This might even have been some people who witnessed the resurrected Christ. Imagine somebody that, that actually saw Christ after he rose again from the dead, how excited and fired up you'd think you'd be about your faith and the hope of going to heaven and your own resurrection to meet somebody who actually defeated death like that in such a personal way. And yet, you can 
start to fall back towards the things of the world. Judas is another prime example of that. And here's the danger that I think we can face here on this campus, okay? Especially if you work here at Bethany or work somehow in supporting the, the mission of the church and things. It, it's easy to convince ourselves that, well, my occupation is certainly how I'm serving the Lord. Since that's where my occupation is, well, then I maybe as far as my heart goes, I can let my heart be attracted to other things that are here in this world. As long as I can still say that my, think of the sacrifices I have to make toward God to work at a place like Bethany. So, so it's easy for us to kind of justify maybe in our hearts how letting our hearts gravitate back toward the things of this world can, can be such a draw for us. So earthly success can often do this to us. Whenever, whenever, whenever we have something that we've accomplished that, that uh, we feel that sense of satisfaction from, sometimes that can start to shift our priorities again. And the devil can, I know, comes to me often to convince me that if, if, you, if, if you can still stay serious about going to heaven as you get older, but right now you've got other things to be most concerned about in this life, that's how we can start to shift those priorities around in our lives. So it's not always an issue of success. It can, it can be other things. It can be earthly problems. It can be troubles that we have to face. It can be health issues that confront us. Uh, it can be stresses that we have to undergo. There are so many different ways. The devil doesn't care. If he can get you either through success or lack of success to get you to not focus on heaven, he doesn't really care. As long as it keeps your eyes off of Christ and what he's done for you and the amazing grace God has given you and the hope of heaven that he's won for you, the devil really doesn't care what it takes. In the text in front of us, Jesus allows us to kind of hear the self-talk that's going on inside of this man's head. And it's interesting, we kind of do that. Psychologists talk about this a lot, how important that is. And there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, the self-talk that we have uh, really is a, is a way that we, we kind of uh, keep ourselves in line with what we're hoping to do. And those little conversations can be very important. Some people actually speak them out loud. Um, what's interesting in this man's self-talk, though, is that God is nowhere to be found in the conversation. There's, there's no mention of God. His whole focus is on what's going on in his present life and the great success that he can have. So it's not the riches that he's enjoying, but it's the fact that his heart is now attached to the wrong things. And all of his attention in life has become devoid of God. Now, He's chastised here for not being rich toward God. That doesn't mean how much money you give to church, although it may impact that. But it has to do with a heart. God desires to see in us a heart of faith that clings to the wonderful forgiveness that he's given us in Christ, that cherishes and treasures that grace that's paid for all of our sins, even our materialism, even our greedy hearts and covetousness. Uh, God loves to see a heart in us that, that really cherishes and loves and treasures the marvelous grace that he's shown us through our Savior. And a heart that also realizes that even though we might receive success and blessings in this life, we can keep them in their proper perspective as long as we have an eternal, heavenly focus in our lives. That the riches of heaven is really 
what should consume us. Jesus said this just a few verses later in the same chapter. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Unlike you and me, Jesus knows what's waiting for us in heaven. He's been there. And he is well aware of how amazing and fantastic it is. And the last thing he wants is for any one of us who've been blessed to know him as Savior and given this gift of faith to miss out on that, to somehow let the, the stuff of this world consume us so that our hearts are drawn back to the earth rather than that, than that beautiful home he has waiting for us. So he says to you and me, frequently in scripture, words like this, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Not this life, but the life that's to come. Think how amazing that must be. Amen.